Has there ever been a time in your life, and maybe you're going through it right now, where you feel like, man, I just, there was a day in my life when my heart was full, and I just, I just had a relationship with God, and I could just, I could just talk to Him like a, I would talk to any friend, but now, Pastor Alex, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, like, I feel dried up. I feel like I'm, in, I'm just not in a good place. My heart is empty. I am running on fumes, and I, the, the, the truth is, I have nothing left to say. It's almost like all of my thoughts have just gone, and I just feel totally deflated, completely empty. I just don't have any more. I can't even. It's just maybe the struggles of life. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a career thing. Maybe it's, I mean, you fill in the blank, but I just feel like right now I am, like, I am not, like, really doing that well in my prayer life. If you've ever felt like that, or maybe you feel like that's, that's the season that you're in right now. It's just, it's just not a good season. What I want to do today, my hope is to encourage you. You know, there's a, there's a passage in Luke chapter 18. We're not going to look at it today, um, but in Luke 18 verse 1, there's a passage that says that Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they ought to always pray and never give up. And I want to kind of use that verse sort of as the goal for us today, for me today. I want you to leave the day today. I want you to leave thinking, man, that was good. I felt, I feel encouraged, even though I feel like I'm so deplated and I feel like I'm just such in a, such a bad place. Like that was encouraging. And I, I hope that just in the same way that Jesus taught his disciples, um, to pray and never give up. I hope that that was the. I hope that that's the outcome today when you leave. So we're going to look at Luke chapter eleven, verse one, just one verse, and then we're going to turn over and do Matthew. If you, by any chance, if you did not bring your Bibles, uh, most of the verses will be on the screen. And uh, but I do want to encourage you: uh, download the YouVersion app, follow along. I think that that's always a good thing. One of the things that I often say is nothing will get you further faster spiritually speaking nothing will get you further faster than God's word and so I really want to encourage you to follow along okay Luke chapter 11 verse 1 here's what it says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place now we don't know all the details from you know from this verse we don't know exactly where we he was you know theologians say that he was not in Jerusalem so that's one thing that I've learned, like he was not in the temple. And I, f I find that interesting that, you know, a lot of times you feel like, okay, you know, this is a, a place of prayer, this is a safe place. But often Jesus prayed in places that were not what we would consider as, you know, the, the four walls of the church. And so I, I want you to picture this. I don't know exactly where he was. Uh, maybe he was on the seashore, of, like the Sea of Galilee. Maybe that's where he was praying. Maybe he was uh, just on the, on the road, you know, like any time I read the Gospels, it seems like Jesus was always hiking from one place to the next. And maybe there was just a particular garden or a particular place where he could just spend time praying. But I just, just picture this moment for, for, uh, the, for, the, for just a second. One day, Jesus is all by himself, and he's going to a certain place. He's praying, and watch this. It says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, can you help me with this, this uh, the words that are underlined? Let's all read them together. Lord, teach us to 
pray. To Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. That's the message for today. Teach us to pray. And then if you keep reading verse 2, verse 3, and verse 4, it's a short version of the Lord's prayer. Now, I think this story, and the reason why I'm, I'm going to spend a couple second minutes uh, referencing the story in Luke 11, is I think it's pretty interesting because you have four different types of people in, in this story. In just a one verse, you have four different people. You have Jesus, of course. You have the, the disciple who's asking him, Lord, teach us to pray. You also have, he mentions John the Baptist, so he's mentioned there. And you have Jesus' followers, right, that you have all of us listening to this, and of course he's talking about, you know, teach us to pray like John, like John taught um, his disciples. Now, all very different from each other, and yet they have one thing in common, and I would say the same thing of us. You know, very different, right? Um, in, you know, like we're like, you know, we're not like a cookie cutter kind of church. Like we come here, one of our core values is we're one family, culturally diverse. That's why we, sometimes we sing a little song, a little bit of, in Spanish. And, you know, we love, we love the diversity that we have in our church. So different, you know, we come from different backgrounds. Uh, you don't always have to believe everything that I believe. You know, we, we've, we've taught you that, like, you know, we, if you just come to this church and we don't necessarily agree, you know, we, one of the things that we say is we major on the majors, we minor on the minors, and so, but very different. And the one thing, the one thing that I can say can bring us together is this subject, prayer, prayer. And, and I don't know where you're at in life. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'm not necessarily a Jesus follower. I have questions. This is the one thing, like you don't have to have a bunch of theology, you don't have to have a, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. If you choose today, it's like, man, I'm going to give this a try, I'm going to give my Savior, I'm going to give God, I'm going to give Jesus a, a try. You can start today and you can say, you know what, I'm going to start. And by the end of the service, you could actually communicate with our Heavenly Father. And it's the one thing that can bring us together. Now, it's interesting, this story is a little bit of a mystery as well. Because you have the Son of God, Jesus, and he's praying to his heavenly Father. And the question is, why would the Son of God be praying to his heavenly Father? Like, you know, like he's, he's God incarnate, right? And Jesus is God in the flesh. Why would he have to pray? And there's a little bit of a mystery, you know, like he's the Son of God. I mean, you're saying that he's all-knowing. He's, you know, he's all-powerful. Why would it mean, you know, like... God the Father and, and, and God the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus Christ, they're all three in one person. So why would, why would the Son of God have to pray? And it's a little bit of a mystery, right? And um, I think the, the bigger problem, the bigger mystery would also be if he didn't pray. So we know that often Jesus would do things for our example, to, to show us. Like, why did he have to get baptized? Well, to show us. He didn't have to. He didn't want to, but he showed us by example. He shows us by example how to live. Now, what I want you to notice, if we can put the verse back up, in Luke 11, verse 1, what I want you to notice is that there is no command in this verse. Like the, the, the verse that I referenced earlier, Luke 18, verse 1, it begins the same way. I find it uh, you know, fascinating. It begins, one day Jesus... Luke uh, chapter uh, 18, verse 1. But in, in there, in 18, basically it says, 
Bible says that he told them story, he told them a story to show them that they ought to always pray and never give up. But when you get to this passage in Luke 11, not a single mention, like not a single command, you must pray or anything like that. And I find that that's interesting, and I'll tell you why that's interesting here in, in a little bit. But here's what, what I do notice from, from this prayer. A couple of things if you want to take notes. Number one, prayer should not be a thing of show. It should not be like a, like a it can be a showy thing, but in, in Luke 11, you see Jesus, you know, like he's praying by himself, and then this disciple kind of caught him praying. And so, like you, you know, nothing wrong with praying in public either, right? Like we see Jesus many, many times praying openly with his eyes open and, 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 and in front of other people. But the point that, I th that I'm trying to make here is that it's not, it doesn't have to become a show. And I know that a lot of times people are hesitant to pray because they feel like, man, if I pray, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, you know, how to say it. I remember the very first time my youth pastor asked me to pray in front of a group of people, probably 10, 15 kids. He asked me to pray, and I was like, nope, I'm not going to pray, <laughs> you know. And I think often the reason why we don't like to pray in public is, well, you know, public speaking. Maybe we're a little bit afraid of that, you know. But often <clears throat> what we see is that, there are people, like, I'm sure you've been to a prayer gathering when somebody's praying a long prayer. Have you ever been to one of those? You know, and they're praying with all kinds of flowery language. And I'm not really sure that God is like, oh, man, what a beautiful prayer. Man, that's, fa you know, I'm not really sure that we're getting God's attention anymore when we pray like that. You know, and one of the things that we do at our house, we shouldn't do, and it's not a good example, but I'll just be vulnerable, is like when we ask our kids to pray, sometimes we, we'll say, oh, that was a good prayer. That was a beautiful prayer. Or that was, man, that was dumb. I mean, that was miserable. Like that was like, you know, you got to start over. You got to pray better. No, 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 we don't do that, you know. But we write our prayers, you know. We tell our kids, and I guess we're doing it to be encouraging. But really, gee, God is not looking at your prayers and saying, oh, that was a beautiful prayer. Oh, oh, you just grabbed my attention. That was so good. I mean, I mean, the language and the words that you use, it's really not a showy a thing that, that where you show. It's not, it's not entertainment. Praying for a long time, praying with a lot of words, with a lot of repetition, does not get God's attention any more than we think it would. Scripture is very clear. It's not about the words. It's not about the length. It's not about the repetition. And so if you would turn to Matthew, okay, we have the same prayer, but I'm going to, it has a little bit more context, okay? So it's the same Lord's Prayer, and uh, but I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. We will get to the Lord's Prayer in just a second, okay? So we'll get there in just a minute, but I want to give you a little bit more context, okay? And he says this. He says, Matthew 6, 5, he says, when you pray, you must not be like the, help me out, what's that last word up on the screen? You must not be like the what? Hypocrites. What's a hypocrite? Somebody that puts on a mask. It's all about the show. Jesus says, don't be like those people. Okay, when you pray, don't be like, like those people. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners and you know, they love all the, the commotion. You know, they love to be seen by others. This is why I say it should not be a thing where you're trying to show off. Verse 5, the end of verse 5, Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, he says, Go into your room and shut the door 
and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you and it doesn't say it but it's understood will reward you openly and publicly and so number one it's not a show number two it's not like a some sort of formula okay like prayer should not be like oh if i pray like this god's going to answer my prayers it shouldn't be like a little formula like in verse seven he says it. he says when you pray do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do what they would do and they still do it to this day at certain times of the day they would have they would have certain prayers that they would just say and it was always the same prayer it was always at the same time it was very repetitive very repetitious and it's almost as if jesus knew what would happen ahead of time because the lord's prayer is one of the most famous prayers out there because it's said everywhere and so he almost kind of gives us a heads up. Hey, when you pray, don't do it like the hypocrites because they love to. It says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. One of the things that we may be tempted to do if you don't like to pray long prayers, if you don't like to pray publicly, one of the things that you may be tempted to do is to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this little prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to use it. I'm just going to pray that thing every day. And the challenge is when something is done in a repetitive way, it's not always a negative thing, but one of the challenges with repeating the same words every day, day after day after day, is that it can lose its meaning. And I think that that's the case often with the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to get there in just a second. But we've heard it so much in our country, especially if you're from this side of, you know, from, from this region of, like, in Texas, you know, East Texas. Like, you, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer in songs. I'm sure you've heard the Lord's Prayer, uh, like, in, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've heard the Lord's Prayer at a funeral, you know. I, I, we've heard the Lord's Prayer from teachers, from family members, and, you know, church gatherings, Sunday school. And so, so do you think that God would create a little prayer so that we could just take it, memorize it, and just spit it back out to Him whenever we're put on the spot, whenever we're asked to say a prayer? Probably not. Probably not. And it's almost like he, Jesus looked into the future, and, and He spoke to it, and we still didn't listen, you know. And He says, don't use you know, repetitive phrases, empty phrases, he says. And so number one, it's not a show. It's not a formula. And so what is it? What is it? Well, here's what I wrote down. If you're taking notes, you can put this on. on uh, you can write this down. Prayer is a desire and a discipline to connect with your Heavenly Father. And you need both. It's a desire it's got to come from within. I cannot force you. You cannot force desire. Man, even if I get on my knees, even if I do flips, even if I you know, bring it this morning, you know, and it's like all fireworks, I cannot make you be a person of prayer. I can't do it. It has to be born from within. It has to come from, it's the beauty of our relationship with God. You cannot force it on people you can force religion you can't really force relationship and so number one it takes it's it's a desire but it's also a discipline to connect and i say it's a discipline because man we are so 
Distraction is such a big deal in our world. Think about it. Everything pulls us. Like just this alone, okay? Just this alone. I don't know about you, but I mean, I have unlimited data, okay? Like I can play games. I can check the stock market. I can look at my calendar. I can receive hundreds of notifications in an hour. And just this alone, it takes a, a certain amount of discipline to put it aside to pray. Why would I pray when I can, you know, go into, you know, dive into a whole different world, whatever, you know, YouTube video I'm watching, whatever, you know, thing I'm looking into. I mean, I have unlimited entertainment with this little device. And so it takes a desire. It's a desire, but it's also a discipline. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a desire? Do you have a discipline or the discipline to be a person of prayer. You can't force desire, but you can ask God to plant that in your heart. And so if you're hearing today and you're like, man, Pastor, like the truth is, like I'm not like a person of prayer. I don't even pray that much. You know, every once in a while, if, like, if there's a huge need, I'll kind of throw a prayer up, but I'm really not a person. I want to I wanna improve that in my spiritual walk. But you can ask him today to plant that desire in your life. And I believe that he'll answer that. And so what I want to do for the, the remainder of our time, the last 11 minutes, is I want to, I want to look at this prayer, and I want to I show you something that they used to call index praying, okay? And I think it's a purpose of this, this prayer. Now, it's interesting that in this passage, in, in Luke, actually, not in Matthew, in Luke, you know, Jesus never commands him to pray, but he sees Jesus praying, and he asks for that. He asks for it. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. There's a desire. It's like we want, we want, like, and I, and I don't know exactly, you know, what, what the situation was, but you can lead people in one of two ways. You can, whenever you lead people that are maybe under you, your kids or whoever you're leading, you can lead them by telling them what to do. That's one way to lead. Or you can lead them by showing them how to do it. And now, both are necessary, okay? But in this case, in Luke 11, this disciple sees Jesus, and I don't know how he was praying. He may have been praying out loud. He maybe have been looking up to the heavens. He may have been on his knees. He have, may have been quiet. But what we know is that he sees him praying, and he says, I want some of that. And he's asking for desire, not just a, hey, train me like the, you know, like what, what to say. No, no, no. He's like, I want some of that, like whatever that relationship you have with your heavenly father, I want some of that. Teach us to pray, he says. And so prayer can be a contagious thing, kind of like a, a, a red, hot, burning coal that's placed, how it can, it can kindle another coal that's placed right next to it. In the same way, this disciple says, I want, I want some of that. And then, and then in verse 9 through 13 in Matthew, this is where Jesus prays the Lord's Prayer. And you, you've, you've heard it, right? He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sin as we forgive as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen now let me ask you a question i don't want to lose you today 
even saying those words, it's like, oh, yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it before, right? But let me ask you a question. What do you think Jesus was doing when he prays that prayer? Do you think that he was just crafting a little phrase, a little prayer that would be printed in Christian, Christian bookstores that would be said in, you know, large gatherings? Do you think that that was the purpose behind the prayer? Well, I want to give you a little bit of biblical context, okay? And, and hopefully by the end of um, today, you'll look at the Lord's Prayer a little bit different than you've looked at it in the past. In that day and age, rabbis would teach their people using this method, especially when it came to prayer, called index praying, okay? Index praying. It's a method, okay, that the rabbis, and Jesus was a rabbi, would teach their people. And so what, you know what an index is, right? Like index, you have a large book, you go to the beginning, you know, you, you see the index, and it gives you like the chapter, the number of the chapters, the titles, it may give you what uh, page numbers, right? Like, like have, what if you had a big, large book, okay, big, thick book, think of the biggest book that you've ever seen, okay? And you, you had to use it for, for work, or you had to use it for school, and it had no index, how would you find things in the book? It would be a challenge, right? That, that wouldn't be good. Now, on the other hand, what if you had a book and it was all index and no substance? You'd be like, no, that's not good either, you know? You need both. And so what the index does, the index, basically the purpose of the index is to act as a pointer to the substance. Make sense? Are you guys tracking? Give me a thumbs up. Make sure everybody's st still with me. So what the... The Jewish rabbis, what they would do is they would teach people, basically they would provide points of prayer, okay? Points of prayer uh, or points for prayer like the index, and then the people would fill in the substance. And Jesus, when he says, when the disciples says, teach us to pray as a Jewish rabbi, he's using this method to teach them basically to teach him the, the, you know, he's using this method with the, the Lord's Prayer. And so what I want to do today with the, the last 10 minutes that we have, did I say that we had like 11 minutes, like, yeah, a while back? <laughs> so I looked up and I was like, we got six minutes left. Oh, no, forget that. We got 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, that's, that was a while back. That's not fair. <laughs> what I want to do with the last six minutes, if I can make it happen in six minutes, is we're going to take communion together, okay? But I want to use this method of index praying for you to fill in the substance, okay? And I want to use the acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y, okay, uh, to basically illustrate the, the Lord's Prayer, right? So the P, if you're taking notes, write this down. The P stands for praise. This is why Jesus begins with, Hallowed be your name. And when you... When, like when 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 you pray you should begin with that you should begin by saying god you are holy you are um, loving you are sovereign you are so much greater than me and so it's a great way whenever you pray begin with praise and then if we can go back to the acronym um the the letter r stands for repent so write that down repent Okay, and this is when you say, God, man, I just, um, you know, Jesus says, forgive us our debts, forgive us 
our sins since we forgive the, the sins of those who um, who've trespassed against us. This is when, where you own your, your mistakes. This is when you ask Him to cleanse you, to, to, to help your heart, and to help your mind. The Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Then the letter A is for ask. You ask Him, you know, whatever needs you have in your life. Give us this day our daily bread. And then the letter Y, this is where you surrender your will to His. This is where you say, okay, God, I need you to guide me, and I, I have my own way, and I have my own path, but God, I just, I'm going to surrender to whatever, and this is when Jesus says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because God's will is always done in heaven, but not on earth. Did you know that? God's will is, is often, actually, it's, it's more often than not, it's not done here on earth. And so the prayer is saying, God, we want some of what we have in heaven, we want it down here on this earth. And the Bible says, 1 John 5.14, says this, when we pray this sort of prayers, index praying, right, where you have the, the outline and then you fill in the substance, it says, when you pray these kind of prayers, you can have confidence in approaching God. It says, if we ask anything according to His will, it says He hears us. And so kind of as we wrap up the service today, what I want you to do is I want you to grab this little cup, okay, and I, you've never seen one of these it's got two layers so just go ahead and right now grab it and um take the top layer and peel it off okay and you know what this one's giving me a hard time i need another one i cannot take the top layer that's funny let me get another one <laughs> all right take the top layer off, okay, and that reveals a little wafer, okay, this is very different than the way they used commun they did communion back in the day, so, but this is, just want you to know, this is a picture, okay, um, and then to go ahead and take off the second layer, it reveals the grape juice, okay, so go ahead and, don't take communion just yet, just, re just kind of open them both up, and then if you're at home, hopefully you saw our social media post or our newsletter, and, uh, and you're ready, but if you're at home, go ahead and get the, if you have crackers or bread, go ahead and get them ready, get the, the cup ready, and we'll, so waiting for, for me, we're gonna, I'm gonna pray at the end, and then we'll all take communion together, okay, but here's what I wanna do, okay, and I'm kind of gonna, I'm gonna bring you into my mind for a, for a moment. What does Pastor Alex think when he takes communion, okay? So, so here's what goes through my brain, okay? When I take communion, this is what I do. I pray, Okay, and my prayer looks something like this. Number one, I I praise Him and say, God, I'm thankful that that this is not just a ritual of the past, but this is actually speaking to my future. And communion is not just looking to the past, but this is a declaration of my future condition. The Bible says, for as often as you eat this bread, as often as you take this cup, listen to this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so usually when I'm taking communion, I'm saying something like this, God, I'm so thankful that you're sovereign and that you're in charge of my future and that whatever junk I'm dealing with in this life, I know that I can put all my trust because you're all knowing, you're all powerful. So I begin by praising him. And then, and then I say something like this. Then I say, Lord, would you examine my heart? Show me anything that's not pleasing to you. Anything that does not look like you, God, 
that the beauty of telling him that he's sovereign is you can't hide from a sovereign God. That's why you begin with praise. You're not just praising him. I mean, a sovereign God does not need to be reminded that he's sovereign, right? You tell, you begin with praise because you're reminding him of the God that you serve. You're holy, you're pure, you're perfect, you're sovereign. There's nobody like you. And then that kind of puts you in the, your right place. And then I say, God, would you examine my heart? Bible says, Psalm 90, verse 8, you spread out our sins before you. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. So the beauty of telling him that he's sovereign is you can't hide from your sins. And so I begin with praise, and then I say, God, would you reveal, would, I ask him, would you reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion, anything that doesn't line up with your will, God? And I ask him, I ask him for my needs. And he knows all the junk. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I'm like super upfront with him. And then I end by saying something like this. Each time, each time I take communion, I say something like this. God, I want to realign my will to yours. So over the last three, four weeks, there's this thing that I've been praying for. And it's kind of private. You know, I haven't really shared with anybody. But it's a, it's a big request, okay? It's a big ask. And I've, man, I've, I've gotten on my knees multiple times, 2.30 in the morning, like face to the ground, like all, like all in. And I've been asking him for this thing that I've been wanting. And uh, he, he kind of challenged me one morning um, to do something sacrificially. And, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm asking him for this thing that's a big deal in my life. And so I like immediately, you know, boom, I was like obedient. And it was, it was a big deal for me, okay? And so I'm like, I'm like trying to make sure that, that I'm all, that I'm doing my, my part, right? And for about three to four weeks, I'm praying and I'm on my knees and I'm seeking him. And I'm doing things the right way. And then this last Friday, I got an answer. And the answer was a clear no. Ah. It's not what I wanted to hear. You know? It's like, God, I, you know, and you, you know what goes through your mind, right? I did everything right. <laughs> Why, Lord? When I take communion, I say, God, I want to realign my will to yours. I want you to be my true center, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my mind wherever it's at. You know, I love boating. The thing about boating is if you're going in a particular direction and you're just one degree off, eventually you, you, you'll miss your destination just by being one degree off. And so it's moments like this when I say, okay, God, you're my true north. And even though I wanted this thing and I prayed for it, I'm going to yield. Your will be done on on this earth as it is in, in heaven. So what I want to do for the next couple of minutes, I want to give you time to practice this index praying, okay? And if we can put that, the acronym, if we can put it up, um, I want to give you time to pray like this. And you say, Lord, you know, you fill in the blank. You praise him however you want to praise him, whatever that looks like for you. You, you repent 
of whatever you need. I don't need to play Holy Spirit. God, God can speak to you, you know, words that I don't ever have to utter. And so whatever you need to repent of, just go ahead and, and go there. And whatever you need to ask him, even though he already knows, just go ahead and, and voice that request. He knows your heart. He knows what your deepest needs are. And so just go ahead and do that. And then at the end, I just want you to line yourself up. Align your mind, your heart, your thoughts, your attitude with his heart. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two minutes. We're a little bit over our time, but it's fine. I'm going to give you two minutes. You pray this kind of index prayer. Okay? You fill in the substance. And then at the end, I'll pray, and then we'll take communion together. So this is your time. Jesus, we recognize, even by saying that, even by saying, Lord, we recognize your proper place in our lives. You're the boss of our life. We bow before you in humility, and we ask you to examine our hearts. God, show us anything that's not pleasing to you, any pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion, God. God, we're thankful that we are your children, that we've received you into our hearts and life. God, we accept the penalty of death. In your life, for our sake. God, the, the price that you paid covered us for all time, past, present, future. And so God, in a moment, we're going to take this bread or this cracker or wafer, whatever we have in our hands, God, that was, it, it's a picture of your broken body, God. And we recognize your commitment to, to humanity, to each one of us. And so, God, help us to imitate that faithfulness. I can't, Lord, we can't fathom the agonizing suffering the pain that you took for us, your pain, God, was our gain. And so, God, thank you for your extravagant love, for the unmerited favor that we can have abundant life right now, God. Not just eternal life, but life here on earth, God. 
And so, God, we take this and we remember the sacrifice. And we take this cup, this little juice, Father, and we know that it represents your blood that was poured out from a splintered cross. And we recognize, we realize that you are the supreme sacrifice for our sins. Because of your blood that was shed for us, because your body was broken for us, we can be free from the power of sin, from the, the penalty of sin. God, so we thank you for the victory that you give us over death, over shame and guilt and condemnation. Thank you that you set us free. And so, God, we realign, we recommit our life, our hearts, our thoughts, our everything. Fill us with your spirit, with the power of your spirit, God. We don't want to live another day without your spirit leading us, God. God, we pray that as we leave this place, we would pray the way you taught us to pray. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In remembrance of him. If you would, please stand up.